You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is Ralbag versus Rabbeinu Yoyinam. Today, uh, I want to talk about the Ralbag and Rabbeinu Yonah's somewhat divergent approaches to the importance of tefillah and the kavonos that allow tefillah to be effective. What do we mean when we talk about the type of kavona necessary? Um, Ralbag has a, a very distinct, consistent approach. Rabbeinu Yonah now, the Torah emphasizes that we have something over the non-Jewish world. There's no other nation that has what we have, the Torah says. Kimi goy godol asher lo elokim krovimilov kashem elokeinu. No other nation is close to God like we are. The end of the Pasuk is, Whenever we call to him. Now, Raubag needs to explain how is it that we are a different type of human than other nations. That other nations who band together don't have this and we do. So the Raubag says it's this. The non-Jews are basically under what the Raubag calls a general providence, which means they don't really get help from God. There's a certain plan for what this part of the planet is supposed to get, what this era is supposed to receive. That's in very, very um, general terms. The individuals aren't that significant. And based on the general terms of what God wants for this area, that is what everybody in that area is going to receive. Avil Yisrael, that even though they are a, a whole body of people, they have individual providence. Shem tachas ashkocha pratis. So, heim nezrim b'chol ma sheyivakshu me'ashem yisalem. They can ask something, even though it seems to go against the plan for the community or the plan for this era, they can somehow subvert that. That's what we have. Now, um, how do we, can we just snap our fingers and that happens? Well, it's true. We have to ask from it. We have to pray for it. Um, how does it happen? So he says that that which changes us. It somehow causes us to be, in a way, enlightened and better people. And that is, in other words, what God wants us to do doesn't weigh us down. It 
it's basically a way to better us, turn us into elevated people. In fact, he says that you think about it logically, you want to keep the Torah. The other religions have laws and regulations that do not speak to the inner spirit of their adherents and and do not elevate them. And basically what it does is it really forces them into a painful type of existence. Or as the Torah turns us into, as we're going to see, different type of people. Now, the fact that the stars, of course, were what were served by, as the Torah says, by the nations throughout history. Harbeme Hakodimim thought that they should serve the stars and the planets because of how amazing they looked. The sun, because the sun seemed so powerful, and the moon, and the, and, and the planets. But he says, for us to be connected to those planets and stars, is a terrible mistake. Shar Ha'umos, the Rabbag says, In a way, the planets and what they do are part of this general program that he, that God sort of, like, in a way, regulates the planets to carry out the big picture that he wants for the rest of the world. And therefore, they might think that these stars are, in a way, gods. But we're not that way. Because, as we said, we have the potential to pull the apple cart and throw it away. Pull it and throw it. The planets, which represent the general plan, doesn't apply to us. As was seen from what happened with Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So that's the ultimate proof that we are not part of the Kochavim and what the non-Jewish world is. And here's the key. Because Mitzrayim showed, as we said two weeks ago, that God's Hashkocha, his providence, is very connected to us. And that is going to be the key to why Tefillah works as you can see here. Rabag Oso Savod, the Torah writes, you should serve him. Rabag says that when it comes to tefillah, which is to get God to do something which is sort of beyond what seems to be what the plan is, you need to do something. We would say you need to mean it. You need to concentrate. The Raubag says what's crucial is, is, it's true, concentration is important, but there's something which allows concentration to occur because it's more than concentration. Tzorok 
the reason why we praise God before davening, like we do Psuke de Zimra, why the brachos of Birchos Kriyachma glorifies God's great actions in the world is in order for us to tune in to God in the, in, 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 in the way that we can in the most, the strongest way possible. What, is, what happens when we perceive and understand how the planets work and how the sun rises and how the rays occur and how the things grow and all the miracles that occur, occurred in Mitzrayim, all of that together washes over us in our mind's eye and understanding what happens is we become dovek, so dovek b'shem yisalem. Because since we're thinking about God, in a way we're piercing the, the separation between us and God. And with our minds, God feels, we, 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 we put God into our mind and we, are, we cleave to him. Well, once we cleave to him, then What's, what the rules of the stars and the planets and the general plan for humanity falls away. Now we have Ashgacha Pratis. If you remember, Rabbeinu Yonah explained that the idea of, of reading about the miracles of Yamsuf and the miracles before that are in a way to generate, to, uh, a way to feel the bitachon in God again. Those miracles bring us back to a time, according to Rabbeinu Yonah, that we felt God could do anything for us. And now when we daven again, we have that same sort of feeling of bitochah. The Raubag says that thinking about those miracles allows you to go on a philosophic journey, a mystical, philosophic, pseudo-mystical, philosophic journey which creates dveikus in itself. Once you have dveikus, then you have the right to daven for something which might not have been in the cards for you otherwise, because you're a different person. You, the rules are different for you. The most important part of the tefillah, in a way, is those is the shevach, because the shevach isn't just, so now I can be boteach. The Shevach is an, is, an, is an emotional, intellectual experience that allows you to be dovek to God. Then you could be mispal mavakish, what you want. He says, look at Moshe. We saw this last week, where the Raubag said that God knew that Moshe would not lose his dvekus. And he would be able to speak to Paro, even though the other part of him would be connected to God. That's what Moshe was. He could have Nevuah when he wanted. But when Moshe, who was on this level, wanted to pray for himself in the beginning of Eschanan, I want to see, I want to go in with Yoshua. What did he do first? He talked about God's greatness. Because by talking about God's greatness, it was a, it was, it was a practice for Moshe to, to elevate his perception of God as much as possible. Because it's only when we are beings that are like in a state of dveikos that we can daven.
then we can be mavakish. Because then what we want in the physical world will actually be altered. That's why we have Yismoch Adam Gul Very different than what we saw in Rabbeinu Yonah two weeks ago, which was Gul Tefillah is a way for Tefillah to be real Tefillah, meaning that you really believe God can do it for you. Here, the point is, is that unless you do Geula, <laughs> you're not really going to be on this madrega of Devekus that God can actually respond and change things for you. And that's why That's why the Pasuk says, it isn't, in other words, I, it's not just that I'm praising you, God, but while I'm praising you, I am feeling the barrier between the creator and the created fall away, and I feel that I'm melding my mind with you, and I am enjoying thinking about you, God. And therefore, since you have this oneg of talking and thinking about God, now he's going to do whatever you want. If you can praise God and think about those miracles, and based on the type of person you are, allow yourself to connect and think and understand and push yourself as much as you can, it doesn't wear you out. It feels great. It's the ultimate rewarding experience. All the synapses in your brain are going. That's why your tefillah is heard. Because God normally says, I can't, I can't change things for him. I can't. This person is supposed to die. This is how many people are supposed to die in the Malthusian theory of how many people need to die in order to keep the balance of the world. No. All of a sudden, you aren't just a number that, that's part of the deaths that are necessary to keep the uh, ecosystem around, which is the way the rest of the world deals with. You will somehow live when everybody else will die. And that's because of the dveikus and ashkocha that you're going to have with Hashem. So the kavan, it's really not so much you need to have, you need to think that God's in front of you. You need to become sort of a, a, a you have to be the ultimate Yisrael, which is the ultimate non-Jew, the ultimate non-non-Jew, that it's not like someone who is dictated by the planets and by the great plan, but you have Dveikas Hashem with Ashkocha Protis. Let's see another. The Raubag in the Pasuk of Oso Sabot says that if you think about it, we know, we've talked about, of course, in previous classes, the Rambam and the Ramban, Machlekas, of what Avoda is. The Rabag says, if you think about the word Avoda, and you say Avoda means, as we say, to daven, to pray, but let's say, let's, let's think about the word Avoda beforehand. One thing Avoda could be means, she yishores ha'oved ha'nevad b'mashuhu l'tzorach ha'nevad. In other words, somehow I'm doing a job for you because you need it. 
you can't do it, you're not available to do it, you need my help, you need someone to peel you a grape, you need someone to, to, to bring the oil from the refrigerator. That, of course, doesn't make sense by God. You can't say we're being Ovid God. Who built the tzorach with government? He doesn't need anything. What's the other way you can call an Ovid? Shiyarecha Ovid, Shu Evid Lenevad, Bema Shiyitzarecha Evid, Shiyishal Tzrocha Meadonov. It's symbolic. The one who is the servant shows that his basic needs, like where is he going to get his meals from, where is his bed, is totally at the discretion of the master. What does that indicate? That he doesn't control any of that. And he's only going to have it from his master. That even though for a person who's, who's, who is free, he can decide where he sleeps and where he's going to get food, the fact that an Eved is someone whose meals and board, are, his room and board, are dictated by someone else who runs that, who owns that, that shows that you are an Eved. Now, that's something that we can clearly be an Eved to God with. We need to indicate in ourselves that what we have and where we eat and all these things that make up the essence of our living is from God. And therefore, the same way the servant says, Master, should I go to my quarters? Master, am I sleeping in the same quarters I did last night? Now, a person who doesn't pray would say, I built this house. I've got this job. But he doesn't believe in God. We believe that God was the source of all of that. So when we ask from God, continued parnosa. This is not about some, or even it's things are going well, and we're just asking him, can we sleep well? Can we do all these things? So this, we, we, in a way, we're play acting, but we are recognizing that it's real, that all these things we think we developed ourselves are really from God, and that, in that way, we are avodim. We, the same way in Evid, who really is dependent on the master for where he sleeps and where he eats and all the necessities that are, that are the backbone of his existence, when we pray to God for those things, we are admitting that it's God who is the generator for all of that. Without him, we wouldn't have any of that. And that, in a way, is the mitzvah of Tudavan, like he holds like the Rambam, that there's a mitzvah, Another benefit of that is that indicating the dveikus, it's almost like even if you got nothing wrong, you still got to show you're an evid. You still have to show that God is responsible for everything and you've got to go through the motions, even if things are perfect. You still have to do that to show this idea of God's control of the world. And that's how we are Oved Hashem. That's another piece on Avoda. Let's do one more. Let's do the purpose for Shevach, Psuke de Zimra. 
it's in order to achieve dveikus by what we're saying, according to the Raubag, which allows us to be a different type of person that God could bend the rules for us. And we can achieve dveikus, which allows hashgacha pratis to work. And hashgacha pratis is evidenced by what we're asking. But the Torah does say to be obeyed God what does that mean? That seems to be how we're supposed to daven. Harotzenbo says the Rabbag, Shetia Tfiwascholo Bikavonishlema. Okay, what does Kavonishlema mean? It's got to be lave and nefesh. What is the lave? The lave is Kochosecha Hamisorim. These energies that that are generated, that are somehow bubbling up. So this would seem to mean that feelings of desire, that's what misorim are. Feelings of a very passion and desire and lust and disgust. That's your lave. Raw and raw and powerful. And what is the nefesh? The nefesh is kochosecha hamasigan. The nefesh is your intellectual capability to understand and put an idea together, to comprehend something, to go from a state of non-knowledge to knowledge. And to imagine and to create an idea. That's your imaginative faculty and your intellectual faculty and everything connected to that. And that's what means. So that's what Kavana works. Kavana works by combining your lave and your nefesh. Um, now, I'm not sure, it doesn't necessarily explain how that works, but it needs to include both. You need to have both in, you need to have both uh, as part of you when you're ovate. They have to be both in check. And, and you can't, and you have to daven with both energies. There has to be an element of, it isn't just a cold fish davening. It has to be with, in a way, your lave is active, and your nefesh is active at the same time. In Parsha Mishpatim, he says again, Yudua ki eina machuven bezos avoda shenesharis Hashem yisale. We, as we said before, God doesn't need our service. It's also not like the avoda that's done in the mikdash by the Kohanim. The Kohanim are the only ones who do true avoda in the Beis HaMikdash. And this is a mitzvah for, for Yisrael to do. Bezosia mitzvah l'kol Yisrael. What is the mitzvah? As we said, to ask. Now, how do we know what you need to ask for? Well, the Pasuk says, if you take a look at that Pasuk in Mishpatim inside, 
is if you look at the Pasuk inside, it says, Bread and water. That's daily. That's your daily needs that everybody wants, bread and water, which you expect to have. Most people have it normally and continuously. But it also mentions Vasirosi Machla Mikirbecha. So the Pusik that speaks about Tfilah, the Pusik that the Rambam quotes as the Pusik for uh, the source for Tfilah, the Rabag also knows that same source, mentions Lechem and Mayim and also Machla. So if we go back to the Rabag, we'll see the Rabag says, The avoda is to give us kamot tzarchenu. The tzarchenu, that's the lechem and mayim. Because that's our normal needs, which is the lechem umayim. But the machle is, 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 is the part that's abnormal. That's the part that's super hashkocha pratis. In other words, lechem and mayim, almost everybody has in a normal way and we need to be mavakish that every day. That's uberach mecha. But when it talks about the machla, that's the special needs that also are just as essential in tefillah as well. And I would suggest that b'chol is about lechem and mayim. Because those are just the essential human needs for existence, which are almost on the animal level. Food, drink. And then you have, take away the machla, that's b'chol nafshecha. That you need the special hasogas of God to earn that type of dveikus for God to take away the illness when you already are struck with that illness. When you're struck with that illness, you need to have the other aspect of tefillah to take that away. B'chol lines up to lechem and mayim and Machla. And this is what the Raubag says, that although we are not like the Kohanim when we daven, because they, we aren't really, they have a certain avoda, we're more like the Levium, he says. What does it say by the Levium? It says, if you look at the Levium, it says, La'amod l'shares b'shem Hashem. What does that mean? What does that mean that they stand and they serve in the name of God? What does a levy serve? What's the service of a levy? So without this Raubag, I would say the levy closes the doors. The levy makes sure, get out of here. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, he's, he's making sure that the, the, the juvenile delinquents aren't around in the base of Mikdash and pushes them away. He makes sure everybody's awake. But the Raubag isn't happy with that. He says, what sort of oh, what sort of shiris is it? What do they really do? If you look in Sefer Ezra, you know what the shiris is? The shira that they sing. What is the shira that they're doing? It's not just the Mormon tabernacle choir that you hear beautiful sounds and it's like, oh, it's like caroling. Oh, it sounds so good, right? What is going on? The shira is invoking incredible praising of God and connection to God because that's what Shira is. Shira is 
a way to feel emotionally and, and, and intellectually connected to God. That's the avod of the Levian. La'amod al-shares. And that, in that way, we are also in that way, like the Levian, as opposed to the Kohanim, who actually, who actually do service and cut open animals and do Zerika Saddam, our avod is more like the avod of Shira, which again, like the Raubag fits in, because the main part of what allows us to do our tefillah is the Shira that we have, Epsuke de Zimra, and the uplifting feelings we have during the Birchas Kriyashma. Rabbi Warsh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Rabbi I emphasize this truth about God being responsible for everything. That's necessary. Right? And that way, you know, he agrees with the Rambam. That's something which God expects us to do. But the efficacy of tefillah is dependent on shevach beforehand. In other words, if you want, you, you need to do, you need to do, you need to be mispalel. Otherwise, you are in a way not doing, God wants us to, to recognize that the same way there's this idea of being an Eved in the secular physical world. And he's not necessarily saying that's a great thing, Abdus, right? Whether it is or not. Sometimes it's good for people, sometimes it's not good for people. But that relationship of dependence and understanding, God expects that from all of us, even if our prayers don't get answered. The second part, Bob, is the way what we can do for our prayers to be effective. And that is to maximize our dvekas to God. And you're correct. The first three brachos are, in a way, the end of Psuke de Zimra. Psuke de Zimra, Birchos Kriyashma, the first three brachos, they're all supposed to lead us to this incredible pinnacle of Dvekos, where if we do have needs that, for example, the machla, it can be erased and, and put back and be changed. The machla, which is being behind the eight ball, whether it's all, you lost your job, you have no money, you can't pay everything, the creditors are all over the place, you're going to lose everything. You've got a disease which has already started, it's in a certain stage. The dvekus is going to allow the tefillah of, for machla to work. Now, even without the machla, there's still a mitzvah to be mispalel. Now, Chazal created the Shmon Esrei. The Rabag is talking before the Shmon Esrei ever existed. The Rabag is saying that, first of all, he's telling us that God tells us in Sefer Dvarim, we can change the world, and what applies to non-Jews or the rest of the world does not apply to us. And that can be called tefillah, b'chol kareinu love. That could be called a type of tefillah, a screaming, a crying out to God, and it can work because God deals with us with Ashkocha Pratis because of how we become a different type of human being through our intellectual and emotional endeavors. Now, Chazal structured a tefillah for us every day, how to do it. But it was but the psukim themselves demand avoda, and demand avoda, recognizing, as you say over here, let's take a look, he says over here that 
Tefillah can't have a Zman Kavua. How do you know that? Asaras HaMachla. Asaras HaMachla, again, remember, these are the things about Tefillah. Mayim, Lechem, Machla. Machla, you could be sick one day, maybe you're not. You're sick one week, you're healthy three weeks, right? Some people never have to get sick. Machla is, by definition, something which can't be every day. And it doesn't apply to everyone every single day. Lechem and Mayim are Dvarim Tmidim. Lamanu she'ein zmanzo samitzvah kavua. So on one hand, you can't say, oh, you got to do it this time. No. It's like a machla. On the other hand, you can't say, well, I'll do it every, every, every three months. The Torah sort of did a balance. Here's the big question on the Rambam. Where, in the Ramban's question, where do you get it that you're supposed to daven once a day? Avoda, who says it has to be once a day? Where'd the Rambam get that from? So the Raubag explains why. Because when the Torah speaks about tefillah and avoda, the Torah gives us these two poles, machla and lechem and mayim. Now lechem and mayim, you would say, well, of course, everybody eats, they have a breakfast or they have a lunch and a supper. That's when you should daven, lechem and mayim. Hey, surprise, it says machla. Oh, I see. So maybe I should only daven when I have a very big need, like the Ramban says, when I'm in the Ace Torah. Well, it says Lechem and Mayim. So what's so so you put these two together, they balance each other out, and what you end up with is once a day. You know, but not necessarily in the morning and the evening. Even though if, if it only said Lechem and Mayim, Bob, it would probably be one in the night and one in the morning, or whenever you eat. Lechem, whenever your Lechem is. But since it says Machla, I know that it's not Kavua. So that's how the Raubag answers the, the question on the Rambam. It says, the two together means once a day. Um, and as he says again, that the fact that there is Tefillah means there is a God, there is a God that you believe in who will do special ashkocha on the ones that are that cleave to him to give them tovos and to save them. And then he says something else. The more you daven, the more dveikas you get. In other words, first of all, you need the, 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 the let's say in the, the Suke de Zimra and the Birchus Kriyashma to create dveikas. And once you create that dveikus by what you're thinking about, you have a chance that maybe the tefillah on the person who has first stage cancer will maybe go into remission because of that. Okay. But then he says that by continuing to do it, it actually feeds itself. Why? Because the more you do it, the more dveikus you'll have. And even if you have a person who doesn't have that need, forcing him to engage in prayer will create greater dveikus. But let me be clear, Bob. The main part of tefillah, he says, ki inyan tefillah mehuso, hu lefi mashiyira medivrei ha-Torah, shenesaper shivcha Hashem yizbarach. That is as, just as important. It's not just a heksher to davening. That is what tefillah is, is shvochos and then the request. And the shvochos, as we said, is what 
It's what your capabilities are of a person to be able to comprehend. So it, in a way, I hope I've answered your question. In a way, it's what do we learn really from the Ovos Davni? Okay, there's Shachris, Mincha, Arvis. We just said that there really isn't any Zman Kabur Latfila, right? So what's going on with these Limudim about Avram davening Shachris and Yitzhak davening Mincha and Yaakov davening Mariv? Like, what, what do we do with that? So he says like this. When we look at the stars and the planets, we need to realize that there's a force behind them. They seem to be all-powerful. They seem to influence the tides. The constellations seem to change and, 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 and navigate things and, and determine what people are going to live. But there's something that pushes them, which is God. That's why we find in Parshas Chayasara, Yitzchok is davening as it's evening. Because when the sun sets, then you realize that the sun is not a god. The sun is moving. Something is pushing it. It's true. If you really notice in the early afternoon, the mid-afternoon, it's not in a different place, but it's, you could say, oh, the sun is all-powerful. But as the sun is setting, that's when you have this idea something is pushing the sun. That's why Yitzchok davens at that moment. Because that's the time you recognize that God is behind what the natural world. And that's the same reason the Rabag says Avram davens at the time of sunrise. Because you could believe a star or a sun is God. Because look what it does. And that's why, as he says, many people thought the sun and the other planets were gods. So that's why the Ovos picked those times that people would see that the sun is being pushed. That's when we say there's one God. Because at the time of Zricha and the time of Mariv, so you see that these are just celestial objects that God controls. And if it would be true that the sun is the most important thing and that the earth is the only thing that moves and the sun doesn't move, which many people thought, the Raubag says, people thought that the sun, it's only the planet earth that moves and the sun isn't moving at all. So what would happen is then the sun, then the power of the sun would be in one spot. From there you see that from the fact when the sun sets, you realize we aren't the only thing that's moving. The sun is also moving as well. And Avram picked Zricha, and Yitzchak picked the other side. He picked Shkia. Now, Yaakov decided to daven when? After Shkia. And he says, that's what some mixas rabbaseinu say from the Pasuk and Parshas Vayetze, Vayifka b'mokam b'yo and Shom. Why? Lefisha oz yeiro kochavim rabim. 
There's so many stars. Can you imagine a polluted atmosphere? You don't see it. But in those days, every single night, you would see a plethora of stars, constellations, so many. If you think about it, they can't be gods. You, too many cooks spoil a stew. So many stars, so many stars controlling one little planet. Nah, that can't happen. It must be that all these millions of stars are probably the product, like us, from some greater force, which is God. If you'd want to say, well, there's one star out there that gave birth to the other stars. And there's one big star and the other ones are sort of like its servants. Nah, if you're at night, when you look up in the sky and Davin Marv, they're all basically the same. And therefore, Yaakov wanted to Davin at a time when the stars were out, when they're moving, because that what do you see? The sun has finished its work, so to speak. Um, you can't where you couldn't see the stars before until to, right because now this but now you can. And that shows you that their movement is different than the movement of the sun. If the stars themselves were somehow the gods, then we would always see the stars the same way every night. And he says, because of that, this is the reason why God decreed we should bring a carbon on Rosh Chodesh, on Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because these show you the stars being in a different space than they were before. And this shows you that there is movement in the planets, which means they're not in control, that they're not gods. Because usually in the first of the month, you'll see the sun and the moon. And when the, 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 the moon um, and the sun are very close together, so that shows you that, um, or Rosh Hashanah shows you the earth and the, the sun is back where it was a year ago. So basically what that shows you is, is that these things are not in control. These things are really controlled by a higher power. Which means, a whole, again, this is a whole different take on Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov's davening. They wanted to use their tfilos as sort of like a way to announce to the world that there is only one God. And therefore, they chose these times to do that tefillah. I would say that we could use this Raubag to help our kavana if we want to know why we're davening early in the morning. This could help us because, because when we, we, could, we could somehow, in a way, step into Yaakov and Avram and Yitzchak's shoes. And when we do our tefillah, when we, when we say our tefillah at this time, or makbet to daven it, right? In fact, one could say from the Ralbag that it's probably better to daven mincha late, not to daven a, a one a twelve thirty mincha. It's probably better to daven mincha at a time when when it's clear that God is really in control when the sun is is setting as it would be.
Cliff, when he speaks about Chana, he says, Chana cried. Crying can help your kavana, especially as we, as we saw before, it's lev and nefesh. But through crying, bo ha'odam kavana yaseira. So it's, it's, it's an interesting mix because the Raubag has to own up that it isn't just a, a, a philosophical odyssey. It's, it's an emotional involvement as well. And crying can help as far as galvanizing those emotions. Now, then your tefillahs, although in some ways you were going to daven for your own self, once you reach a certain level, your tefillah should be about the community. A sholem, the Raul Bag says, should daven for his nation. All of us perhaps would want, you know, in a certain way, God to bend the rules. But what we really want the rules bent for is not for ourselves, but we want the rules to be bent for our people, not for ourselves specifically. Most people can't do that, though. They might say they're doing it, but you have to be on a, on a level to be able to daven for your people. The Odom HaSholem can do that. And that is what we learn from Moshe Rabbeinu uh, in Parshas Kisisa. Then when you are a Sholem, like he was, then you're mispalo on the whole nation. And of course, that was obviously key to Moshe's uh, personality in general, was always the concern. But I think as, you know, as we enter, we think about our tefillos, especially, you know, uh, obviously everything I said tonight is tinged with the idea of, of the machla that's still with us, that people are still, in, in a sense, being taken in by. Um, I think thinking about these ideas, especially to daven for our Uma, uh, some, I think we should all try in a way to emulate motion this way and try to move beyond our own specific needs. Um, I think that would help. I think that in that way, we would really show ourselves to be uh, a, a nation of avodim, uh, of ovdim to the Rabboneshol. And it could be this is what he really wants. Uh, maybe this is why these last year and a half, is, is going on two years, has happened, is really to shore up our sense of abdus to their bonus home and to really hopefully perfect what tefillah was supposed to bring out. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.